Okay, so my my talk here for this next section, this will only about be about 15, 20 minutes because we're, yeah, 20 minutes, 1 o'clock for lunch. So um, I'm titling this, NFTs are not a fad. Um, and the reason why I want to talk to you guys about this is a lot of artists are just really skeptical uh, that, um, you know, NFTs can help them. And there's a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, I guess reservations about crypto now in light of the crashes that have happened and the scams and things like that. Um, and so what I want to kind of show you guys is um, this. And I want to see if anybody can recognize this curve. Does anybody know this? I don't expect you to, but I just thought if anybody did. This is called the hype cycle. And there is a com market research company called uh, Gartner Research. Um, and um, this is a, uh, a diagram that they've done to identify what happens when disruptive technologies hit marketplaces. And so, um, so the, the Y scale is expectations. And the going to the right is time. And it usually starts with, it's kind of blurry there, but it says an innovation trigger. So something gets introduced that is crazy, like Wi-Fi or, you know, uh, smartphones or touchscreens or something along those lines. So for in the case of like Web3 technologies, it's been the advent of Bitcoin cryptocurrency. Bitcoin really was the trigger. Um, and then now the introduction of, of NFTs as well. So then we have this humongous wave of support, right? And we've seen this with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency overall, um, that there's all this hype around it. And this kind of peaked here this last year with crypto and NFTs um, here in, in uh, 21. And so Gartner Research calls this the peak of inflated expectations. So everybody's like, this is going to change everything. Um, and then this is followed by the trough of disillusionment, <laughs> which is we are now here. <laughs> um, and then this is followed by the slope of enlightenment. And then finally, plateau of productivity. And it's interesting because um, I remember seeing my first tablet computer with a stylus in 1991. It cost $8,000. It was 4-bit grayscale, which means it only had 16 levels of black and white. And you had to hold it like at the right angle to even see the screen. And, um, and then, so that was 1991. And, and then Steve Jobs came out with the iPad uh, in 2007. So that Delta was 18 years. So when you look at like, you know, maybe the peak of, uh, inflated expectations. Cause I remember when the tab the tablet computer came out, people were like, wow, this is going to change computers forever. Nobody's ever going to have a desktop PC again. Why would you do that? Right. And nobody bought them. <laughs> and, and then now, uh, finally, you know, their iPads are commonplace, but that, from there to here, it was 18 years. So I think what's different now with crypto um, and NFTs in particular, 
like that delta is going to be a lot shorter. And the reason why is because the amount of uh, capital funding and uh, fundraising and startups and things like that that's rushing into the marketplace that is still happening today. And I'll show you guys this in a minute. Um, it's still, even with the trough of disillusionment, uh, there is still a fire hose of cash and investment being plugged into uh, crypto and NFT companies. So kind of back to what I was talking about earlier um, as artists is direct to consumer is everything. Like when you think about things that you create, you want to just get them in the hands of the people who love you. And you want, optimally, you want zero layers between that transaction. And with streaming, like with music and movies, that's kind of distance that pricing relationship between artists and their fans. Um, because, you know, you have to say, oh, go to Spotify to listen to me. Where before you could, you know, just say, buy my CD across my six-week table, right? Um, or buy my, well, you can do that with vinyl now, which is great. And so like vinyl is the, the bright spot right now. Um, but with, like I said before, with streaming, you go through these third parties and you have no say over their, your cut, how they pay you out, right? You can not put your stuff up on Spotify. That is a choice, but how Spotify runs their business, you have like zero say. Um, so fostering that direct to consumer is just uh is just uh so so important the other thing too is as a product designer um we've actually done studies on what makes products cool like people want to know like how do you have a hit in the marketplace with a product nobody knows how to make a product viral or how to make a social media post viral and if you do uh, let us know um, <laughs> but we do know that there are certain principles that lay the foundation for having a hit. And one of those principles is, um, of, of having a, uh, like a cool product that's perceived is being able to express your identity through the product. And so like they found that, uh, say with Cadillacs, right? You guys have seen Cadillacs coming down the road. They have these giant led arrays on the front of them. And so they, they talked to Cadillac customers and they found that Cadillac customers actually love the gigantic headlights. Because if you buy a Cadillac and you're a Cadillac customer, you want to know that I'm coming down the road, <laughs> right? And Cadillac customers like that about Cadillac and the brand. So guess what? Cadillac's like bigger headlights, better headlights, right? So that expresses my identity. I don't know a Cadillac, but if I did, right, that, that would be expressing my identity through the product. And so what's, what's kind of cool is like NFTs help your fans do that. So when you think of like even the, um, the show, the TV show MTV Cribs, for those of you who remember what that was, it was basically MTV would go into celebrities' homes and you'd be able to see like, hey, you know, here's, uh, you know, Michael Jordan's... Uh, you know, all his NBA trophies and here's all the other things that he likes, right? And here's his cigar boxes and stuff like that. And so he'd have, you know, these celebrities have these giant rooms where they, you know, have all their collections of things. And what's awesome is that you want to enable that for all of your fans. And NFTs are going to do this on a major, major scale as all of our lives are now being expressed digitally. So we're just seeing it in the 2D space right now through Instagram, 
um, and other social media platforms. But as you guys have heard, the word metaverse, um, there are, you know, like Meta, obviously Facebook renamed itself to Meta uh, because they've been uh, developing what they call Horizon Worlds, which is their online VR environment. Uh, then you have like the Epic Games engines, the Epic Game Engine, the uh, makers of Fortnite, Unity Game Engine. Um, so many products are being built on these 3D platforms that you're gonna, your fans will want to express themselves in those platforms increasingly over the next five to ten years. So NFTs are the are the way they're gonna do that, and you can be a part of it right now. Uh, okay, let me see. Doo -doo -doo. Yeah, so that that's basically the direct-to-consumer piece. Um, like I said, uh, artists are kind of skeptical right now. And transformational technologies not only take time, but then they also take influencers to bring them into mainstream culture. So you guys are the influencers. You can make it happen. Um, the cool thing too is, and I think Jason, you'll talk about this. Like, there's there's NFT tech is getting better every day. It's been pretty painful <laughs> to buy an NFT because you have to get an NFT, you have to get a crypto wallet, then you have to get some crypto in your crypto wallet through an exchange like Coinbase. Uh, then you have to go to an NFT marketplace, and then that marketplace might be Solana, and your cryptocurrency is in Ethereum, and then you got to change it over to Solana. Like, it's just a big mess. Uh, but it's getting better, because even, like, there's a, a website I like. It's called vault.fan. Um, and you can go there today. As a creator, you can create a vault, which is like a Dropbox folder. You can put anything you want into it, music videos, music, pictures, Word documents, whatever. And people can just pay for it with PayPal or a credit card. But behind the scenes, it's actually a blockchain transaction. And if you do have a crypto wallet, your fans can then transfer those assets to a crypto wallet. So that, that, those kinds of easy onboarding experiences, you're going to see a lot more of that. It's already happening. There's a company called MoonPay, others that are enabling that. Just use a credit card, buy this digital asset, and you're good to go. Like the, your, your fan doesn't know the difference that they're using blockchain underneath the covers. So that's, so that's exciting. So it's going to get better. Um, and as I said earlier, uh, right now there's about $5 billion uh, in a year of investment going into Web3 technologies. So this is crypto, blockchain, NFTs. Um, and Deloitte Consulting found that 75% uh, of retailers plan on accepting crypto within the next two years. This just came out. That's mind-blowing because everybody's like, oh, in the wake of Sam Bankman-Fried and uh, the scams, like, oh, crypto's dead. Crypto is not dead. 75% of retailers say it's not dead. Um, and this is a really interesting chart, too. This, these are all the brands that have launched NFTs within the last, basically, year or so, year and a half. So you can see the timeline here. This takes us all the way up to 2022. This, this is really recent. This is just as of end of December, mid-December. Nike um, itself has done $300 million in sales of NFTs already, meaning that like, if you buy a pair of shoes, it can unlock a digital pair of shoes uh, in, you know, I mean, I, I, have you bought anything, Jason, from Nike? Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. So that's that's the next kind of thing that has to happen is like these ways of like, how do I wear my Nikes on Instagram? How do I wear my Nikes in Fortnite, right? That's not enabled everywhere yet, but there are companies that are working on that. And if you buy Nikes and wear them in Fortnite, then there's like, well, wh what if I want to wear them in Halo, right? And now you have to go from the Fortnite metaverse to like Microsoft's metaverse. And how does that translation happen? That's all getting worked on. So, any questions about that? Thoughts? Yeah. yeah. A lot of these companies have they actually developed a NFT strategy to go along with their blockchain um, acceptance? So, in other words, if you're going to mm -hmm. accept blockchain, if you're going to accept crypto, mm -hmm. and you have the backbone to actually utilize blockchain to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. 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 So we, Jason and I, were just talking this morning because there was an announcement that uh, I don't know which airline has launched a, a airline points program based on the blockchain. So your airline points are NFTs. So what's kind of amazing is if that happens and becomes commonplace, it means that there will be third-party marketplaces for airline points. So if you have 500 points and I need 396 to get to my next trip, I can put a bid in to you to buy 396 of your 500 and I can get, you know, I can get a free trip for 20 bucks or whatever you want to sell them to me for. And that's going to be game changing. And these are all marquee brands. So I look at it from yeah. that point of, with scale, it's not only another revenue, it's not only a revenue opportunity for the consumer that is low to that particular brand. Yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and then Starbucks was the other one. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and Starbucks also released its um, Odyssey uh, points program, which is NFT-based points for Starbucks. Um, so the idea is, at, and you guys could do this on your Starbucks app today. Um, and I don't know if it's available. Is it available to everybody? Oh, it's on a wait list right now. Okay. Okay. So, 
you know, hopefully in the future, like if you get in early on a Starbucks program, like five years from now, you'd be able to resell some of those early NFTs from Starbucks and make some money. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Oh, that's crazy. Wow. Awesome. Um, okay. So then uh, I wanted to kind of throw this out here too. I thought this was a really interesting graphic. So this is all the companies that you guys probably are using today uh, to publish your works. Um, so this is kind of the creator economy market map. Um, and so these aren't necessarily crypto companies right now, but I'm predicting that these will be the first to get on board. So when you look at like, um, oh, I'm trying to think, well, Rarible is an NFT marketplace already. Uh, well, yeah, so we have got a blockchain thing up there. But like, think of like Patreon or Substack where they're selling, you know, you can subscribe or pay, right, to subscribe to a creator. Well, if they change over to a blockchain and NFT-based system, that would get crazy. Um, and I'm trying to think of another uh, example here. But, yeah, I just wanted to point out that these companies will be the first ones to start to transition to NFT-type uh, systems. And that's very, very exciting. And this, the creator economy, this represents today $105 billion a year in revenue right now. It's crazy. So you're talking podcasts. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, selling art, everything. Um, and, oh, yeah, I was going to say, so actually, I, I, was I was trying to convince the CEO of TuneCore. I don't know if you guys are familiar with TuneCore, which is the one of the biggest distributors of online music. I was actually talking to their CEO about having TuneCore launch an NFT marketplace. Because if they did that, like they are already collecting billions of dollars. I think they've distributed like $4 billion to independent artists now, just TuneCore alone worldwide. And if they were to open their own music marketplace, NFT-based marketplace, that could be a whole nother $4 billion of income stream for them. And, and it's funny because the, the CEO, I think she's open to it, but like she wasn't quite getting it yet. <laughs> so they're not, some of them aren't there yet. So some of these will move faster than others, but that's going to be, this is going to be just an interesting chart to watch to see which ones start flipping over. So, um, uh, so I just want to do some simple math for you here. So, you know, in the, if you're, you know, movie maker, uh, a YouTuber, or, uh, you know, somebody who has stuff on Spotify, typically you're going to get something like, you know, 0.25 cents per stream or view. So a million streams is 2,500 bucks. So you have to ask yourself, like even of musicians that, you know, how many of your friends who are musicians have even a million streams, right? They can't even earn 2,500 bucks. So, but if you offered 50 NFTs at 50 bucks each, <laughs> that's not that hard. You're already at $2,500. So to me, like that math, I mean, this, this is what old school music industry stuff used to do when you sell vinyl back in the seventies and stuff. So this to me is like bringing it back to what it used to be and what it should be. Um, and again, like I was saying, if you start thinking about like, I think of like Sierra, I was talking to you about this. Early in your career, if you start dropping lyric sheets or uh, a melody that you wrote on a napkin and then you digitize that somehow, um, those early offerings, no matter how insignificant you may think they are now, 
10 years from now, when you have climbed the curve, um, it will mean something to your fans. And then those fans can resell. And then you also get a cut of the resale value. I'll get to that in a second too. But you think of like that, right? And there's two things to me that this represents. You guys know what that is? The Jordan one? <laughs> so sneakers were not a thing like as a collector's item until that came out, right? So yeah, the Jordan shoe was cool. Everybody wanted the Jordan shoe, but nobody thought that people would be paying thousands of dollars for these <laughs> 20 or 30 years later. And that Michael Jordan would be making more money off of the shoes than he did off his NBA career. <laughs> and so that's what NFTs allow you to do uh, is to create the Jordan one for you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so here, here are some, these are just Derek's tips. This is kind of Derek's world. Um, I like to say that friends and family, like this is how you get started. Like who's going to buy this stuff, right? Family and friends are the best place to start. Cause even I was, I was, um, I've read the biography of Walt Disney and Walt, Walt's early career was funded by his brother, who was an oil magnet here in Southern California. Um, and, and so if it wasn't for Walt's brother, older brother, Walt wouldn't have had, there would be no Disney Studios. And, uh, but his brother believed in him. There's a whole long story of how Walt was double-crossed by his early distributor of cartoons in Chicago, which led him to a point of desperation and how and that's how why he moved to Southern California was to be with his older brother. But Walt didn't lose his dream. He was like, I still want to make movies. I still want to make my cartoons. And so he went to his brother and said, Can you can you help me out <laughs> one more time? <laughs> and he did. Um so in politics, there's a, a saying that says, You can't win the presidency without winning your home state. So if your own friends and family are not on board with your music career, your artistic career, whatever, um, you're going to have trouble. So start with them and they want to help you and find, find your champions. Um, okay. So then let's see. Oh yeah. So I do want to mention this too. And I meant, uh, just, uh, said a moment ago that, um, when those NFTs become more desired by our fans over time, and as your creative career advances, what makes NFTs unique versus say you scratching something on a piece of paper or selling a vinyl is that you now with a, in the digital realm can take a cut of the resale value of every NFT you've ever offered in your entire artistic career. That's insane. Um, and so this is done through a thing called smart contracts. It's a piece of code that gets attached to your NFT offering. Um, and, and then you can set what you want that royalty rate to be. So if I bought digital Jordan ones, if such a thing existed back in the day for Nike, uh, when, you know, when those Jordan ones are resold or those digital Jordan ones are resold, Michael Jordan would have even yet another income stream through those royalties. He'd be getting 20% of thousands of dollars through all these Jordan ones that are resold digitally. So there's been some, there's been some, uh, efforts recently where there are some NFT marketplaces 
that are trying to bypass and neutralize smart contracts, which is really, really bad. It means they don't want, well, I think it's somewhat, it's not criminal, but it's really bad ethically. I just call it bad mojo. <laughs> that they don't want to have uh, uh, people paying for the royalties back to the creator when it's resold. Um, and that's just bad. Like, don't, I would advise everybody here, do not support NFT marketplaces that suppress royalties and and disable smart contracts. Everybody wants to be a creator in some way. Like the dream job for everybody is wanting to be a creator. And it's like, okay, if you bypass royalties, you just negate your ability to earn a living doing it and your friend's ability. The yeah. for the right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing too, is like a lot of people in, um, like in the music industry, people go, well, you know, the major labels have all these amazing artists. And I look at like, well, the reason why they've been able to have all these amazing artists and, and collect them over time and have the best producers is because they've created a system for creatives to get paid. And so if you're, you know, uh, like Pitbull or uh, Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam or, you know, whoever your producer, your producers are like, um, they want to work for the major labels because they know they will get paid for the royalties for all the albums that they make with these different artists. So what's amazing about NFTs and the smart contracts is that it allows us, no matter how small we are on the creative scale in terms of audience and influence, we still can get paid. We still have the possibility to get paid later. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So everything is encoded in the smart contract at the time that you mint what we call mint the NFT. So when you create the NFT and offer it up for sale, whatever entity is doing that for you um, is how that's encoded forever in time. So, and, and that is expressed through the smart contract. What's that? And frozen, Jason, you can probably offer. Yeah. And the amazing, the other part of that too, is that there's no waiting for your money three months down the line because somebody else was handling it. There is, yeah, it's literally 
same day within minutes or however fast the blockchain can process the transaction from you know taylor swift covering your song to money in your wallet same day so amazing um okay so this is our motto um you guys are all here you can see it's a small gathering not many people are understand this stuff you guys are at the beginning of your journey i am too we're just early <laughs> we're just early and that's okay huh <laughs> right. <laughs> so I just want to remind you, uh, you guys are early. That's okay. You know, you're going to try things. Zach, you know, you offered your first, you know, collection this year. I'm sure you like had high hopes of like, ah, oh, it's going to rake in thousands. You know, okay, got maybe one or two, you know, like whatever. I mean, you can sh uh, share more of your story, but, um, it's important to be doing these experiments so that when, you know, A, your career is taking off, you already have that expertise built in. Your fans have been trained to know, like, I'm an NFT artist. This is part of what I do. And uh, so you're just early and that's that's good. So, okay, you guys, we're going to have lunch now, I think. Jared, I don't know what the status is.